0: you be honest with them. Don't don't sell them on a pipe dream that you're yeah. working three days a week when you're really working five. Yeah. And if you're working three days a week, show them that you're only working three days a week and show them what you're doing and how to do it so they can repl- replicate it.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me today. I'm super excited for the guest we have on. We have the owner, of real senior management, Mr. Zach McKenzie. And Zach, this guy has done some amazing things in the industry. So he's actually just been in the business for only three years. This is a short amount of time. And in that time, he's actually grown his brokerage where he now has multiple call centers. And he also works with downline agency partners and this is a guy who came from the in, in his past industry working as a trooper for the Georgia State Patrol. This is a this is a huge shift, Zach. So thanks for being <laughs> on our podcast today. Oh, I appreciate you having me, man. It's going to be a blast. How, how did you make that shift? Like, who
0: introduced you to the insurance industry to kind of convince you to, to make that step? So a little bit of my backstory is is I was with the state patrol ever since I was nineteen years old, and. Oh. You know, I, I was there for about five years, five, five and a half years up until I was about 24, 25. And I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Exciting. Adrenaline rushes all the time. Uh, I was helping the community. I did anything from just a regular standard day to I was on the SWAT team. I guarded. Uh, I even helped on a task force that helped guard the governor and the executive security. Um, it was awesome. It was great. But, um, you know, I, I met my wife back then was we were just dating and We had serious conversations about getting married and having a family. And I knew that the lifestyle I wanted to provide them, the state patrol just wasn't going to give me any satisfaction there. Um, I was working weekends. I was working nights. I'd work eight hour shift, be off eight hour shift and go back for another eight hour shift. It was just insane. The work life balance and I wasn't satisfied. Um, So I actually had some guys in the life insurance business that I knew some buddies reached out to them uh, about a year before I left the state patrol And it just sounded too good to be true, if I'm being honest. It's just they go out, work three days a week, three or four days a week, sit down with folks and make the money they were making. I'm like, man, y'all have to be scamming somebody. (laughs) Y'all have to be doing something because this can't be legit. And uh, so I went, I I picked up all the, uh, sorry, hold on. I picked up all the night shifts and uh, started running with those guys, seeing what it was about. And I told myself after about two days with them, I was like, oh, man, this is not a scam. They're legitimately helping people. Uh, and I could do this. Uh, I knew I could do this. So I picked up all the night shifts at the state patrol, started working insurance during the day. After about 30 days, I left the state patrol, been doing insurance ever since. Nice, man. So, I mean, the, the element of danger that,
1: you you know, you had to basically put yourself in harm's way daily uh, did that kind of factor in as well when you were trying to make a decision to do something different?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Um, it was the work-life balance, the element of danger. I mean, part, the element of danger was part of the reason I was there. It was kind of, <laughs> yeah, the so like adrenaline, adrenaline behind, behind that. Uh, I was always the guy that was trying to find somebody that was doing bad and, and make sure we got those guys because I think that's what the police should do. Um, but I miss it. I miss the camaraderie of the team that I had there. Um, I miss the people, but I, I really enjoy what I'm doing now and the growth that we're experiencing and the team I'm developing on the insurance side.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that in your previous career there was a lot of um, there was a lot of discipline that came from being in that arena every day in the SWAT team because being that we've met in person a few times and you're incredibly fit. And I hear you all the time. Like, even when we're traveling and we're going to events, you're like, all right, I'm going to get up at four in the morning or whatever to go running, you know, and go doing all this crazy stuff, like stuff that I would never, never (laughs) you know, but I'm sure that's because of that discipline that's been instilled in you from, from that career probably has bled over into insurance, which. Man, discipline is the number one key to success in insurance. It really is. Yeah. It's going to be that constant discipline. So, um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about your growth because, again, you've only been in the industry three years, but in that time, um, you're one of those cats that you you have made a huge splash in the insurance industry. Your growth has been phenomenal, but you're not very loud on social media, right? So, so a lot of people don't realize. How how large you've been unless they're paying attention to the leaderboards. But y- you know, I want to talk a little bit about what it took for you to do that. How did you scale so quickly? Because there's a lot of people who want to do what you do and have no clue how to even start. Yeah.
0: Well, first off, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. Um, there's a. I mean, we have scaled a ton, and we, me, and my business partner Keith Rill uh, partnered about. Well, March will be two years full. And we've been in the Medicare space, and we've really, you know, taken a platform that we both have lived our lives on. And it's just treating people the way that we want to be treated, the way the good book says we should. You know, mm-hmm. um, being good on our word—if um, we say we're going to do something, we're going to do what we said we we're going to do. If we said we are not going to do something, we're we're not going to do it, and that's just how it is. And I think people see that that we're genuine in saying that, even though sometimes we can come across as, you know, what have you. Um, the re we're not on social media a ton, honestly, because I don't have the time. (laughs) I would love to be, I'd love to have a marketer, but everybody looks at social media and thinks that there's one, two, three big players. And there's so many bigger whales that are out there that don't even know what Facebook is or or have no interest in being there. And that's kind of just what we've been doing. We've been putting our nose to the ground, going to work, doing what we say we'll do and and people just flock to that and they see the genuineness and and care that we have for our business and our people in our business and um that's really what we've stood by yeah i think
1: that uh one of the big things that happens a lot in the industry is there's people who give a lot of lip service right they they over promise under deliver and that's where a lot of the negativity comes from and makes it harder for people who are trying to be genuine who are trying to be real uh to really shine through that and a lot of times you just got to kind of say, hey, you know, you just give me a chance, you know, yeah. let me actually show you I'm legit, I have a great platform that can get you writing business. And the only way we can actually see if I'm as genuine as you, if, as I say I am, is give me a chance. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of people have taken that leap with you and found success, because I've heard nothing but great things from your agency. And you know, it, it only shows because as you say, you back what you say, right, you keep yeah. your word and, and you guys have a great system. So let, let you know, right now, you guys mainly like to focus on what niche specifically?
0: We mainly focus on the Medicare Advantage space, um, just because um, my background from the state patrol, I, the reason I joined the state patrol is I, I wanted to help people. I have a helping heart. And when I left that transition from the patrol to insurance, I wanted to keep that same, that helping mindset. And not that the not that Medicare supplements are not helping people, that is helping people 100%. But the demographic that accepts that wants a Medicare Advantage plan, those are the people that are getting these scam calls, they're, they're underserved and overpromised, and they don't know what's going on. So I I think we adopt that Medicare Advantage client, and we give them the care that, that they deserve. And we let them know, hey, we want to help you if we can put you in a better situation. But if we can't, we're not going to just we're not going to move you or put you in a different plan just just to make a dollar. We're going to we're going to genuinely help you. We're going to service you appropriately uh, and give you the same service if you were a Medicare Advantage client or a supplement client. But our main focus is that Medicare Advantage market.
1: Yeah. And and, and do you do you focus a lot in the dual eligible market, the people who have Medicare and Medicaid? We
0: we have a lot of focus there. Um, yeah, we have a lot of focus there. We help. We would help a client get LIS or Medicaid. Uh, we do write a lot of Medicaid business, write a lot of LIS business, um, but we write a lot of regular Medicare Advantage business as well. We write a decent amount of sub business, nothing to brag about, but um, not something that you guys are doing. But not to the stature of you guys. But we do write a little bit of it.
1: Yeah. Well, no. At the at the end of the day, though, they're all Medicare beneficiaries, and as you mentioned, you know the the biggest thing that you can tell there is a difference between the demographic that normally buys a supplement versus one that gets an advantage plan, especially if you're in the dual market, you know, there is a need for great education. Uh, that they, they are, because a lot of times they are just being bombarded, but they don't really know what's what and the difference between one plan from the other. So, so to have agents like you who can step in and make sure that that quality education is there and that they make sure they're actually in a plan that is best suited for them, It it is needed all over the country. So do you guys focus specifically just in
0: Georgia or do you also uh, span out to other states? So we're currently contracted, licensed in 37 states. Um, We're mainly focused Texas all the way up to Pennsylvania. We have a few agents in Iowa, Idaho, um, but mostly Texas all the way to PA, New York, uh, Virginia, uh, we have our main office locations are located in Georgia. Um, we're currently expanding an office in Pennsylvania. Um, we're not, we're, we're looking at opening an office in Texas. Uh, we're not opposed to broadening to bigger states, but that's just where we're focused at right now. So, and is,
1: are you pretty much open to having new agents work with you guys throughout the year or
0: the only during certain periods of time, are you looking to, uh, to bring on more agents? Yeah, we're always looking to expand. We're always looking to bring on new agents. And I think the value add that we have for these guys, as far as helping them with co-op strategies, marketing strategies, being able to get them from zero to writing business is where we really excel. Um, And we'll we'll bring on anybody any time of the year that we can. Uh, Everybody just understands in the Medicare space, releases and things like that later in the year get a little more difficult. Um, But if we can make it work, we'll definitely make it work.
1: You, you, uh, so do you get to work a lot with agents who are brand new to insurance or do you work more with seasoned agents? What's, I guess, the, your preference there?
0: So preference, I like working with brand new agents because you can take them and mold them into, into something special. Not that you can't with seasoned agents, but with seasoned agents, you know they come with quote unquote baggage and not that it's good baggage or bad baggage. Sometimes it's great baggage and you yeah. want it. And sometimes it's bad, and they have um, mindsets that you have to, you know, train them to train them to get away from. But yeah. we have had success with experience. We've got agents that have been in the business twenty years. Uh, Benji Krooms, you're a friend of Benji Krooms. Love he Benji. Uh, he he runs one of our offices that we partnered together with him on. Um, he does a great job, and we appreciate his partnership. And then we have, I've got ten agents in our office here in Noonan that don't have six month experience. And those agents are writing 40 to 50 new clients a month. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, again, track
1: records speak volumes. And that actually, at this point really probably helps you again, when we're talking about who's real, who's not you're able to say, Hey, here, look at this down and look at this down and look at how they're producing. This is a result of going through our program. Uh, so, I mean, I think, again, it says and speaks volumes to be able to, to have a track record like that. Um, Benji, h- how did you meet Benji? Because uh, yeah, he, he, he's an amazing guy. I love Benji. We have, uh, you know, we, we obviously we were running call centers together and, uh, and so we have a, a long history there, but, um, he's an amazing guy. How did you guys
0: end up meeting? Yeah, so Benji is awesome. Um, so my business partner Keith Rill and Benji used to work together at One Life. Uh, okay. They worked together for many, many years, probably way before I was born. Is <laughs> the joke? I, I joke with both of them that they're eighty years old, and uh, <laughs> that's not the case. But um, it's a running joke we have. But they worked together back at, back uh, with the Kim Parker days and One Life, and about. Two, well, two years ago, um, you know, some of those guys over there went to TAG and some went to Innovative Financial or Keith went to Innovative and I went to Innovative about the same time Keith did. And, you know, everybody was so skeptical about everything that was going on. And, they, um, and it was all new and fresh. So me and Keith partnered up and we created something that we think is really special. And it started to, to get attention. And one of those people that it brought attention to was Benji and Benji started calling and wanted some information and he talked about partnering up and some opportunities we had. And, and that's how it, we, you know, we sat down several times, created a deal and, you know, and the rest is history. He runs, he, he has a great brokerage that he runs with independent agents all across the South, uh, South section of Georgia, up into South Carolina. Uh, he, he's got a few agents in North Georgia. And then together we've partnered with him on a call center that he runs in Meadow, Georgia, Uh, And they're doing very well. We're growing rapidly there and uh, having a lot of success. Would you prefer, obviously you have both. So you're working
1: with call centers and you're also working with independent agents through a downline agency. Um, What, what do you think you would prefer to scale more? Do you want to scale more call center stuff or do you want to scale more the independent agent side? What do you think um, from a longevity standpoint, maybe even for ease of growth? Because again, when, you, when other people are looking at trying to scale from just being a solopreneur, you know, they, they're just like, okay, well, what do I do? Do I start building an agency where I hire people, teach them how to sell, but they're, you know, LOA to me? Or should I start contracting agents and just, you know, start building a downline? What do you think yeah. is the, the, best short, or the best path for most people?
0: Mm. For most people, I'm not sure. It's depending on which avenue you want to go down. I love both models. We have... On the broker side, we probably have 150 agents um, that do their thing. We support them and we love them. Um, we, I think that's a great business model on the broker side, but we also have this call center piece that we're doing all LA business. And I love that model as well. I love bringing somebody in to our atmosphere, giving them a positive work environment with great compensation, And being able to watch them grow and excel in their careers, but also have the stability of, you know, a constant salary or a constant hourly wage plus bonuses. And a lot of people can't do that broker model. Um, It's tough. I mean, uh, Cody Askin's thing is 8%, only 8% make it. And Mm -hmm. if you talk to Justin or, you know, a lot of the other bigger guys in the industry, they think less than that make it. And uh, I could probably agree there just because it gets so tough in the broker market um, because, the margins are a little bit different than the LOA market. And, you know, in, in our call center atmosphere, I love being able to um, interact with our employees on a day-to-day basis. You know, I know their families. I know their friends. We have dinner together. We have lunch together. If I'm in the office or in one of our offices, I try to have lunch with the guys No matter if they're eating what they brought from home or if they're eating out, I try to have lunch with them every day just to build that camaraderie, just because it's something I value. I valued when I was with the state patrol and I value with our broker team and I value with our LO team. And I know that's important to them as well.
1: Well, let's say that I'm a brand new agent, brand new, just got my license and um, I'm looking to get into the business. It's not that anybody really coached me. It's just, I've, I've been on Facebook or I saw something here or there. I decided to get my license. Would you say that most should probably start in an LOA setting versus just going independent directly?
0: Traditionally, I would just because um, statistically proven, if you're LOA, no matter which firm you're with or brokerage you're with or contract house you're with, they're going to give you more attention um, because the spreads are different. Like we discussed Mm -hmm. now with us, I think we have a good track record of bringing a broker in. That's we've actually had two this year. They failed last year. Was their, or two years ago was their first year in the business. They failed. They were going to work at CVS, and one was going to work somewhere. I don't even. I think I don't even know where he was going to work. And I just told him, hey, plug into us, and they're on the brokerage side. They're in Ohio, and I said I think we could bring a lot of value and have you be successful. And they plugged in, and they were successful, but. On the broker side, you both parties have to engage uh, an equal amount. On the LOA side, it's more of a management kind of, hey, we're going to lead you where we want you to go. Right. hundred percent. So the setup is just a little different in the beginning and on a day-to-day. Oh, okay. But yeah, and I mean,
1: it, it's definitely, but there's there's huge opportunity in both, I think, People have to be introspective and be honest with themselves to understand, hey, maybe right now I don't have the discipline to be independent where, you know, because again, being independent means you really don't answer to anybody. You just have to set your own schedule, make sure you're diligent, make sure you're consistent. Uh, LOA side, it is more like an employee situation. So, you know, you have to report somewhere, you know, you have to work a certain amount of hours, work those leads, follow the path. And so I always believe that the majority of people, aren't really built yet, like right off the bat to be independent. They don't have the discipline. And so I think they should start in LOA positions a lot of times just so that they can garner that discipline while still making a living, while still getting some immediate wins. Because most people seem to, they are going to get wins faster on the LOA side than on the independent, right? In terms of being able to see a change in their income, a change in their their lifestyle. So um, I've always been a big proponent for that because if you're hooked up with the right, agency like yourself, like there's a lot of huge opportunity to to get your footing correct so that you can then transition. Because I'm sure you probably have a a program set up that your LOAs, if any of them want to go independent, that you can help them go independent as long as they're in your hierarchy, right? Yep,
0: 100%. And I think the LOA model in this industry gets a bad rap Mm. Um, but I mean, look at Justin Brock's model. Look at our model. We have several guys in the next three years that'll be making over six figures. And I know several brokers that have been in this game five years, not making 60 grand a year. Mm. I think the LOA model gets a bad rap because people don't own the business or they're not a business owner, or an entrepreneur. And like you said, I agree with you. Not everybody's meant to be a business owner. Not everybody's meant to to be an entrepreneur and, and make the decisions that it takes to be made. But everybody does deserve a shot at making six figures, no matter if it's an LOA model, broker model, or they're working down at Kroger or whatever. Yeah. They deserve opportunity for
1: growth, definitely. So what would you say are like, give me like three steps for those who wanna be like Zach McKenzie and who wanna <laughs> have this kind of growth you know, over the next three years. What are three major steps that you took to ensure this type of growth and success? What would you say are like three major things?
0: So three major things. I think first you got to do it yourself. I think first you have to be the big producer, the big individual producer. If you look at everybody in the industry that runs big organizations, they all started out by themselves doing what they're asking other people to do and doing it at an extremely high level. Uh, and I did that in a life space. I did it in a Medicare space. And when you do that, you're going to attract attention of other people bigger than you in the industry. Those other people are going to give you advice. They're going to possibly want to partner. You're going to create relationships. It's going to, that's going to grow into bigger and better things. And you're going to start uh, uh, getting attention that, of people that want to, like you said, do what you do. And then you just show them, you be honest with them. Don't, don't sell them on a pipe dream that you're working three days a week when you're really working five. Yeah. And if you're working three days a week, show them that you're only working three days a week and show them what you're doing and how to do it so they can repl- replicate it. And then, I mean, just always be, always be good on your word. Um, never. I mean, that's our biggest thing is just be, be good on your word, um, be productive and, and go to work. We're all here. We're all here to help beneficiaries and in return, help our own families and then get back home and, and live the life that we that each and every one of us want to live. And, and that's what I would just tell them, to stick their nose down and go to work and be honest with themselves and, and be good to their word and, and nothing but good things will happen. That's solid. That's solid advice.
1: Um, I think that, you know, the, the, the main thing that people should take away is there is a lot of noise online right now for people trying to recruit. I mean, a lot of noise, and it doesn't matter which niche it is. It could be the final expense, the mortgage protection, the Medicare, the health insurance. There's a lot of noise. The, the, but the idea is whichever direction you want to go, you do have to be ready to work. Like there's no magic pill. Working yeah, with Zach doesn't mean that you're going to be able to work two days a week and easily make six figures. Like that's yeah. that, that just doesn't happen, right? It doesn't matter yeah. if, you, if you join Zach, if you join another organization, that's just not. You have to go into it knowing that you will have to put your nose down and work. So uh, I like the idea, as you said, if you do it big, it's easier for you to recruit people because they've seen that you're doing it. They know you know the ins and outs of it all. And so they're hoping you could teach them. And if you're yeah. if you're good, you'll be able to teach them, and you'll be able to replicate yourself. Because ultimately, that is how you start to grow and expand. Is you have to replicate yourself. Because at the end of the day, you can only go so far as a one man person show. And that's not you know, there's a lot of people who are completely happy with that. And you know, because you can still is a one man show, you can still make half a million dollars a year. You know, you 100%. really can. Uh, yeah. But uh, if you want to scale beyond that, where you're making over a million a year, I mean, a lot of times that's going to take scaling. So you have to replicate yourself. Um, and Zach, obviously, you, you, found, you found the formula to doing that, to replicating yourself. You've done an amazing job. So as we wrap up here, because uh, I know you have to get on a, on a flight, uh, why don't you uh, tell us how is it that if anybody wants to, to check out working with you or see what you're all about, how can they reach
0: you? And what are some final words you can leave for people? So I can be reached at uh, zmckenzie at realseniormanagement.com. We have a Facebook profile, Real Senior Management. We have a website real senior management.com. Um, you can shoot me a message. Um, I'll give you my phone number. I'll, I'll get on a call and help you any way I can without trying to work with us. I can give you some insight to tell you how we've grown, um, how my partner, my partner has a lot more uh, experience in the business than I do and what he's seen and what his knowledge is and his relationships. And we can help you if we can't help you grow your business, we can point you in a direction that we think is most beneficial for you that we're following. Um, and let's just, let's do big things. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'll tell you guys, you know, I I've met a lot of people in my 15 years in the industry. I've met a lot of people, thousands of agents and, uh, you know, Zach, even though we've only met a couple of times in person, I just, you could, you could always tell when like you mentioned somebody's genuine and that's, I could mm-hmm. tell that right away in talking with you is that you're you're at a different level. You could tell like there's really no hype or anything like that. It's just, you're genuine. And I really enjoyed my time speaking with you. Look forward to seeing you again at some events as well and being able to yeah. hang out some more. Yeah, I appreciate it. Same to you, Eric. All right, well, thank you so much for being on. Guys, we're gonna see you on the next video. Hey, thanks for watching the podcast. If you like the content, please, Hit the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you can get notified when more new content comes out. We'll see you on the next one.